Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. In April 1966, exactly one full year before I was born, Time Magazine published one of its most controversial covers ever, posing a simple question in white type on a black background. Is God dead? Now, as you can imagine, there was quite a stir when this particular cover came out, and it was met with enraged sermons all across the nation. And instantly, more than 3,000 angry letters to the editor. One of those letters started just like this. It says, your ugly cover is a blasphemous outrage. (laughs) Why don't you share your real emotions? And yet, just five years... And two months later, God's son appeared on the cover, looking like a rock star featured on the, for the Woodstock Music Festival, proclaiming that the reports of his death had been greatly exaggerated. In fact, Mayo Boz, the writer of Time Magazine's religious section at the time, said this. He said, Jesus is alive and well, and living in the radical spiritual fervor of a growing number of young Americans who have proclaimed their extraordinary religious revolution in his name. Now, when interviewed about this wave of young people coming to faith in the 70s, first in in California, then across America, then around the world, Pastor Greg Laurie said, we didn't call it a revolution. Time Magazine coined that phrase. We called it the Jesus movement in the 70s. But I think actually time editors had it right because they saw something bigger. You know, Greg Laurie's come to Jesus story during this time as a young believer and then later as a pastor. And the role of these two Time Magazine covers were recently brought to the big screen in a great movie called Jesus Revolution. Now, when Laurie met the director back in 2016, he brought a copy of the magazine with him to lunch, and he said, I want to make this, see this happen in my generation, and I want to make a movie about this. And then finally, when the movie was released back in February, it was met with great reviews from those moviegoers and critics alike, perhaps pointing maybe to a new hunger for another Jesus revolution. Now, this film is is filled with faith. It's filled with forgiveness and new life in Christ. And it shares the heart of our At The Movie series, which is to see the lost found. Now, again, these topics, these messages are not the movies themselves, but the biblical truth that they help to illustrate. These films are really just the beginning of a conversation. In Matthew chapter 13, Verse 34, it says, Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, it says, he never spoke to them without using such parables. Movies are our modern day parables. Now, due to copyright regulations, the clips you'll see on site here uh, will not be included on our online live broadcast, but whether the messages are 
brought forth on site or online, they will stand on their own. So don't make, sure, make sure that if you're here and you're able to make it out live and in person, that you do so. And invite a friend. Invite your family. This is a great opportunity over the summer to do that. Okay, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, and let's get started. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 is what we know today as the Great Commission. And Jesus said this in verse 18. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do or to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you uh, even to the very end of the age. So four commands here. The first one, go. The second, make disciples. The third, baptize. The fourth, teach. Now who's to do that? Everybody. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, all called to go. Everyone. And who authorized you and I to do that? Well, Jesus did. It says right there, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Every one of us need to go into our world. Now, last month, Pastor Susan and I attended the E21 Everyone World Evangelism Conference in Amsterdam, where leaders from more than 140 different nations gathered. These are missionaries and pastors and evangelists, and they gathered to, to believe God to make history in the next 10 years. Now, the goal and the focus God wants to use you. He wants to use me to help reach every single person on the planet with the gospel, with that message, that powerful life-changing message before the 2000th anniversary of the church, before the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection in 2033, God wants to make history through you and I. Now, one of the keynote speakers for the conference was Pastor Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life, and the founder of Saddleback Church. Now, we had a, a great opportunity to meet with him while we were there, but he made a statement, a great statement that I want to pass along to all of you today. He said, if you want the blessing of God in your life, if you want the power of God working through your life, if you want the anointing of God on your life, then you must care about what God cares about. And what God cares about most, he wants his lost children to be found. You know, all of us have a part to play in what God is about to do in the world today. To mobilize our nation, our church, our lives. He wants to use you for the global glory of God. But only changed people can change the world. So today we need to start by saying, Lord, change me to experience another Jesus revolution in our city, our province, and, and in our nation. It must start with me. It must start with you. Lord, revolutionize me. Revolutionize my relationships, my thinking, my priorities, my family, my career, my finances. Change me. Do whatever you need to do to fulfill the Great Commission. Remember, we've all been commissioned to go, to make disciples, to baptize, and to teach. Who's to do that? Everyone. 
every single person. But the reality is that most Christians aren't doing these four things. Why is that? Well, I, I think it's a few things. Either they've never been taught how, or they're not allowed, perhaps, or they just simply don't want to. So that's what we need to work on within the church. It all starts with caring about what God cares about most and telling others what he's done in our lives. That's how the greatest movements on the planet have taken place. And I think the reason why so many people have connected with this Jesus Revolution movie is because of the similarities to our current times. You know, the late 60s share many parallels to the early 2020s. Social unrest, racism, riots, war, anxiety, a drug epidemic that's destroying the lives of so many young people. These all seem like very similar things to what we're reading and seeing in our news feed. Now, in contrast, the film's message is this. No matter how messed up, broken, empty, or hopeless your life is, Jesus is the answer to all of those things. Now, in the film, a young Greg Laurie has given up hope of finding any real happiness or purpose. And as a result, he begins to escape the mess that, that is surrounding him. But just when things start to kind of spiral and spin completely out of control, he hears the good news. He hears someone sharing the gospel. It was actually a hippie named Lonnie Frisbee on his campus. You know what? Today, you and I can be that someone, speaking the words of life into our world so that lives can continue to be radically transformed because only changed people can change the world. And then after wrestling with Jesus' words that you're either for me or against me, Greg Laurie finally gives in and surrenders himself to Christ. And from that point forward, everything changes, absolutely everything. Now things are far from perfect, which the movie shows, but the big questions of life, where did I come from? What am I here for? Where am I going? All of these questions, these big questions, have been answered. Now, maybe you have the same kind of questions today. Maybe you feel like your life is without purpose or without hope. I get that. I understand how you could feel that at times. Because the world today seems like it's in the same mess that it was back then. But why is that? What's it all about? Is there any peace in the midst of this madness? The answer is absolutely yes. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it was scriptures like these that, that connected me, with me with what I was experiencing when I first came to faith. And it led me to that place of, of decision to come and to, to follow him. And like many others, that decision in my life has changed everything to this very day. Now, my problems didn't automatically disappear overnight. Sometimes we'd like for that to happen, but it's not a reality but the big questions, the ones that kept me up at night, those questions were answered. 
You see, the same Jesus who saved thousands uh, during the Jesus Revolution in the 60s is still saving people today. And he alone can, can give you hope and real purpose and, and give us an understanding of what he's called us to do so that we, in turn, can lead others who are looking for that hope that can only be found in him. You see, to reach everyone, it's going to take everyone. Now, the Bible tells us that that God is looking to and fro. He's searching and looking for people to use. Not just a certain select group who have it all together, because if that was the case, we'd all be disqualified, right? He's looking for changed people who, who he can use to change people, to transform through the transformed. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So what type of people is, is he searching for? What kind of people is he looking for to finish the task of the Great Commission? Number one, God's looking for people who will make his dream their dream. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17 says, Be sure to finish the task you were given in the Lord's service. That's his dream for you. He has something he's called you to do, and he wants you to complete it. Let me give you some examples in Scripture. In Acts 13, 36, the Bible says that David served God's purpose in his own generation. So David made God's dream his dream. Another great example, Jesus himself. In Luke 2, 49, Jesus at the age of 12 says, I must be about my father's business. He knew what he was doing, what he had been called to do. Jesus made his father's dream his dream. And then Paul in Acts 20, 24, I consider my own life to be worth nothing. I only want to complete my mission and finish the task that Jesus has given me to do. Paul made God's dream his dream. He didn't put you on this earth to live just for yourself. It's not about you. It's not about me. We were made in his image. As dreamers, we're made in the image of God, and he is the greatest dreamer of all. So what is God's dream? God's dream is a family, a family of people to love. Because love is useless unless it's, it's directed at something, right? So God made you to love you. It's why Jesus came to earth. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Again, lost people matter, especially matter to him. Look at the cross. It's a powerful testimony of what he was willing to do to see that the lost could be found again. So powerful. And so why hasn't he come back yet? People look at the news. They look at what's going on in the world. And they're like, well, it must be just around the corner. Why hasn't he returned? Well, not everyone in his family on this earth has heard the gospel yet. And he wants every single person to hear that message. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Circle, underline, all nations. And then the end will come. So when that message is heard by everyone, then the Bible says the end will come. Number two, 
God is looking for people who are willing to, to, to risk and step out. People that can take a risk, a big one, and step out. Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to step out today? Acts 15, 26 says Paul and Barnabas risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you and I can't afford to, to live in fear by choosing to live in the shadows, never stepping out in faith and courage and risking failure. Listen, courage doesn't mean that you're fearless. True courage means moving forward despite that fear. And deciding to follow Jesus requires great courage, much like baptism. In the flash of that moment are all the other moments we will step out for him that are still to come. You know, there's a great scene in the Jesus Revolution where Greg Laurie decides to finally step out to follow Christ despite his fear. And he's baptized with hundreds of others in the ocean. Now, two weeks ago, on that same beach in Pirate's Cove, California, where 50 years before he was baptized, Pastor Greg Laurie and an army of pastors, once again, even as this movie came out, baptized more than 4,500 people who stepped out again, who took a risk, people who decided to give their lives to Christ and follow him. And then not long before that, just a week or so before that, many were baptized at Crescent Beach right here at home as those from our Calvary family stepped out and were baptized and transformed. Let's have a look at that right now. And then finally, number three, God is looking for people who expect to be used and never give up. You know what? Every time God has, has moved and heaven has impacted earth, it was because someone expected it. And expectation is just another word for faith. And never giving up is all about resilience. And if there was ever a day that we needed that resilient faith, it's this day. It's the day we're living in right now. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says, I eagerly expect and hoped and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my life or in my body. Paul understood grace, and he never gave up. Do you know why God uses me? Because it's not because I'm smarter or more gifted or better than anyone else. God uses me because I expect him to, and I never give up. You see, I believe my life matters. I believe I've been created with purpose, not because of who I am, but because who Jesus is. And so if you put your faith in God's grace, he will use you. So what are you expecting today? Expect big things, and you'll experience big things. And never give up. Some of you today may have decided to watch this broadcast because you were thinking of giving up. Giving up on whatever it is God's called you to do, or maybe even giving up on life. If that's you today, I want you to know he loves you, and he has a great purpose for you. And if this message was for anybody, it is for you today. You see, to, to reach everyone with the gospel and experience another Jesus revolution, it's going to take everyone. It's going to take you. Everyone is called to go, 
to make disciples, to baptize, and to teach everyone. Let's pray.